0: Good morning and welcome to the Product of IT Cybersecurity Daily number 97. It is Monday, April 6th, 2020. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and keep Zoom bombing and see what happens. This podcast is brought to you by Nwaj Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J Tech Right, well, happy Monday. We have, we are now in, well, I am in the fourth week of, of quarantine, self-isolation, whatever you want to call it. We're not sick, but we are home because I don't need to be out. Um, Wherever you listen to this, if you could like, share, comment, review, the reviews are probably the most important. Please do so, that would help us immensely. And it helps reach people that, that probably need to hear some of this stuff, like we're going to talk about Zoom again today. And uh, some other stuff, some HIPAA stuff. So um, it helps. And speaking of HIPAA, if you're in a HIPAA compliant business, please go to Facebook in the search, type in Get HIPAA Compliance, and join that Facebook group. You'll learn a lot, I promise. All right, so let's get started with the Monday morning news. Not a bad weekend, it was somewhat quiet for cybersecurity news. Um, first up on Info Security Magazine, Google Mobility reports show impact of lockdown. This is actually from uh, Friday, um, but it came out later in the day. So we're sharing it this morning. Google published reports today that use aggregated phone location data to show how closely lockdown regulations are being followed and around the world. The company said it's COVID-19 community mobility reports would provide insights into what has changed in response to work from home, shelter in place and other policies aimed at flattening the curve of this pandemic. The reports are use aggregated anonymized Data gathered from cell phones to chart movement trends over time. Specifically, they reveal how busy popular destinations such as shops, parks, recreation spaces, grocery stores, pharmacies, transit stations, residential areas, and workplaces have been since the majority of countries asked people to stay home. Initially, the reports will cover 131 countries and regions and show trends that have emerged over several weeks, with most recent data included at least 48 hours old. Today's reports show a traffic comparison over a five week period between February 16th and March 29th. Data gathered from the UK shows that visits to transport stations are down 75%, while 85% fewer people are frequenting public recreation places such as restaurants, cafes, and movie theaters. In Italy, where around 14,000 people have died after contracting the Naval. Coronavirus strict lockdown measures have resulted in 94% fewer people in shops, restaurants, and cafes, and parks have been a footfall drop by 90%. By contrast, in Sweden, where no no strict measures have been introduced to keep people in their homes, Google found that 18% fewer people were in work, 24% fewer were using recreational spaces, and use of transport stations had dropped by 36%. Only data from users who have turned on location history setting will be used to create the reports. Currently, this setting is turned off by default. People who have location history turned on can turn it off at any time from their Google account and can also delete location history data directly from their timeline. Google says the report will not intrude on the privacy of individual people because no personally identifiable information like an individual's location, contacts, or movement is made available at any point. So it's pretty interesting. Um, I wasn't aware that Sweden wasn't really on lockdown. So, and you still see a fairly significant drop, but you know nowhere near 90 percent like some of the other countries. Okay, on ZDNet, Microsoft: How one Emotet infection took out this organization's entire network. You may have heard this; it's been reported on a few places. But an Emotet victims IT disaster shows why organizations should filter internal emails and use two-factor authentication. Microsoft has detailed the plight of a customer whose entire IT network was brought down after one employee opened a phishing email that delivered a notorious Emotet banking trojan and credential-stealing s- s- malware. Details of Microsoft's account of incident response work for a company it calls Fabricom, line up with a cybersecurity incident disclosed by the U.S. city of Allentown, Pennsylvania, in February of 2018, 18, which it expected would cost $1 million to recover from. The attack knocked out the city's core systems, including its network of 185 surveillance cameras. Allentown officials said Emotet was self-replicating and stealing employee credentials. The city also revealed it paid Microsoft an initial $185,000 emergency response fee to stop this hemorrhaging. The rest of the $1 million would go to recovery costs. According to Microsoft, Fibercom called in Microsoft Cybersecurity Solutions Group's detection and response team eight days after the employee had opened the phishing email by which time its computers and critical systems were failing and its network bandwidth had been completely overrun by Emotet. The malware used the victims' compromised computers to launch a distributed denial service and overwhelm its network. The virus threatened all of Fabricom's systems, even its 185 surveillance camera network. Its finance department couldn't complete any external banking transactions and partner organizations couldn't access any databases controlled by Fabricom. It was chaos, Fabricom's DART team writes. They couldn't tell whether an, inter- an an external cyber attack from attacker caused the shutdown or if they were dealing with an internal virus, it explains. <clears throat> it would have helped if they could have even accessed their network accounts email tech consumed the network's bandwidth until using it for anything became practically impossible. Even emails couldn't wriggle through. So what did Fabricom get for its fee to Microsoft? One Dart team went on site with the victim while another Dart group assisted remotely to again... To gain a view inside the city's systems, DART deployed trial licenses of Defender Advanced Threat Protection, Azure Security Center, Azure Advanced Threat Protection Services, and other Microsoft malware detection tools. To stop EMOTEP infecting and reinfecting machines across the network, the on-site DART team used remote tools to get into Fabricom's network and create buffer zones that separated systems with administrative privileges. This approach contained Emotet enough to remove it with an antivirus. Microsoft also uploaded antivirus signatures for the malware and began eradicating Emotet. Additionally, on-site reverse engineers repaired the Microsoft System Center configuration manager, allowing the victim to recover. Microsoft points out that Fabricom failed to meet best practices because its email filters didn't screen internal emails, which allowed Emotet to spread internally without causing alerts. Had it done this, Fabricom could have gained val- valuable time to protect administrative directors before they were attacked. Microsoft notes that multi-factor authentication could have slowed or stopped Emotet's use of compromised credentials. So there you have it, another case for multi-factor authentication. Um, threat post is in multiple places. CISO also reported Firefox zero-day flaws exploited in a while and get patched. These are being tracked as CVE-2020-6819 and 2020-6820. A couple of vulnerabilities discovered in Firefox um, were patched, so you need to update to the latest version of Firefox. Um, the Hacker News: How just visiting a site could have hacked your iPhone or MacBook camera if you use Apple iPhone or MacBook. Here we have a piece of alarming news for you. Turns out, merely visiting a website—not just malicious, but also legitimate sites—unknowingly loading malicious ads as well. Using Safari browser could have let remote attackers. Secretly access your device's camera, microphone, or location, and in some cases, save passwords as well. Apple recently paid a $75,000 bounty reward to an ethical hacker, Ryan Pickering, who practically demonstrated the hack and helped the company patch a total of seven new vulnerabilities before a real attack could occur. The fixes were issued in a series of updates to Safari, spanning versions 1305, 13.0.5, released in January of 2018, January 28th and Safari 13.1 on March 24th. If the malicious website wanted camera access, all it had to do was masquerade as a trusted video conferencing website, such as Skype, Zoom or Zoom, Pickren said. When chained together, three of the reported Safari flaws could have allowed malicious sites to impersonate any legit site, a victim trust and access camera or microphone by abusing the permissions that were otherwise explicitly granted by the victim to the trusted domain only. Uh, So, If you are using iOS or macOS, then make sure your Safari is up to the most recent version. Department of Justice says Zoom bombing is illegal, could lead to jail time. So this is good news for Zoom. Uh, This is on bleeping computer. The Department of Justice and offices of the United States attorneys are warning that Zoom bombing is illegal and those who are involved can be charged with federal and state crimes. As more people are working from home or conducting distance learning due to coronavirus pandemic, the Zoom video conferencing software has become heavily utilized for remote meetings, online classrooms, exercise classes, and family and friend get togethers. Since then people have crashed are crashing or Zoom bombing online meetings to record them as pranks to be shared on YouTube and TikTok or to spread hate, offensive images, and even threatening language. Zoom meeting IDs are also being traded and shared on Discord. Reddit, and hack reforms, according to ZDNet, where they are used to conduct Zoom raids that hijack and disrupt an online meeting or class. In a press release on the Department of Justice website, United States attorneys from Michigan have stated that people involved in Zoom bombing could be charged with federal and state crimes that lead to fines and imprisonment. You think Zoom bombing is funny? Let's see how funny it is after you get arrested, said Matthew Schneider. So you get it. if you jump on Zoom, gonna, it's probably not going to be hard to find you. Uh, If you interfere with teleconference or public meeting in in Michigan, you could have federal, state, or local enforcement knocking at your door. If an individual is found to be hacking into disrupt or disrupting online meetings, classrooms, and conferences, charges may include disrupting a public meeting, computer intrusion, using a computer to commit a crime, hate crimes, fraud, transmitting, threatening communications. So if you are involved in Zoom bombing at all, probably best bet to stop immediately because... It's not worth the jail time, is it? Also on bleeping computers, Windows PCs exposed to attacks by critical HP support assistant bugs. Several critical HP support assistant vulnerabilities exposed Windows computers to remote code execution attacks and could allow attackers to elevate their privileges or to delete arbitrary files following successful exploitation. HP support assistant marketed by HP as a free self-help tool is pre-installed on all New HP desktops and notebooks and is is designed to deliver automated support, updates, and fixes to HP PCs and printers. Improve the performance and reliability of your PCs and printers with automatic firmware and driver updates, HP says. You can configure your options to install updates automatically or to notify you when updates are available. HP computers sold after October 2012 and running Windows 7, 8, or 10 operating systems all come with HP support assistant installed by default. Security researchers Bill Demeropke found 10 different vulnerabilities within the HP support assistance software, including five local privilege escalation flaws, two arbitrary file deletion vulnerabilities, and three remote code execution vulnerabilities. HP PSIRT partially patched the vulnerabilities in December after receiving an initial disclosure report from Demeropki. I'm not sure if I'm saying his name. I'm sure I'm not saying it right. During October Another patch was issued in March of 2020 after researchers sent an updated report in January to patch one of the flaws that was left untouched previously and fix a newly introduced one. However, HP failed to patch three of the local privilege escalation vulnerabilities, which means that even if you are using the latest HP support assistant version, you are still exposed to attacks. This type of vulnerability is commonly exploited by malicious actors during the later stages of their attacks to elevate permissions and establish persistence. This allows them to further compromise the targeted machines after the target machine was infiltrated. It is important to note that because HP has not patched three local privilege escalation vulnerabilities, even if you have the latest version of the software, you are still vulnerable unless you completely remove the agent from your machine, which I, uh, I, I don't have any clients with HP, but those that have Dell support assistant, I do remove that from the computers. And there was similar issues with Dell not that long ago, so... Um, I do have a blog post, a new blog post on the watchtech.com. Our, our uh, company site is nwajtech.com, 12 Easy Steps to Secure Your Zoom meeting. So we spent a, a good portion of last week talking about the different Zoom compromises and attacks that are occurring. So we put this blog post together. Hopefully it helps you guys, but it is on our website. It's the most recent blog post, and I'll just skim through the 12 things to help you. Uh, number one, use a password for your meetings. Number two, use the waiting room. Number three, do not share your Zoom meeting information publicly uh, like social media. Number four, ensure your Zoom client is updated. Number five, disable participant screen sharing. Six, lock the meeting once everyone has joined. Seven, require host to be present before the meeting starts. Eight, secure meetings with end-to-end encryption. Nine, allow only authenticated users to join meetings. And also you can set up Zoom to only allow specific email domains. Ten, use generated meeting IDs instead of a personal meeting ID. 11, do not download the Zoom client from anywhere other than zoom.us. And 12, use a secure password and enable two-factor authentication on your Zoom account. So hopefully that helps people. If you need to see it or want to see it, it's on our website. Um, And then we do have a couple of HIPAA breaches to report. The Otis R. Bowen Center for Human Services, an Indiana-based provider of mental health and addiction recovery healthcare services, has announced that unauthorized individuals have gained access to the email accounts of two of its employees. It is unclear when the email account breach has occurred and for how long unauthorized individuals had access to the email accounts. In its website substitute breach notification, the Otis R. Bowen Center sent an uh, independent digital forensic investigation and revealed on January 28th that PHI had potentially been accessed as a result of the attack. The review of the account has now been completed to determine which patients have been affected and those individuals have been individually individually notified by, by mail. No mention was made about the types of information that were potentially compromised the Otis R. Bowen Center said the investigation did not uncover any evidence to suggest that any PHI had been misused as a result of the breach, but out of the abundance of caution, affected individuals have been offered complimentary membership to comp- credit monitoring and identity theft protection services through Kroll. In response to the breach, the Otis R. Bowen Center has taken steps to improve email and network security and is working closely with leading cybersecurity experts to improve the security of its digital environment. In University of Minnesota, physicians has discovered two employee email accounts have been compromised as a result of responses to phishing emails. In each case, the phishing attacks were detected shortly after the email accounts were com- compromised, and action was taken on January 31st and February 4th. An unauthorized individual had access to one account for less than two days, and the, other, the second account was accessible only for a few hours. A comprehensive investigation was conducted by third party computer forensics experts, but it was not possible to determine if any email accounts in the accounts, any emails in the accounts were viewed or copied by the attackers. A review of the email accounts was conducted by third party specialists who determined the email accounts contained patient names, telephone numbers, addresses, dates of birth, demographic information like race, gender, and ethnicity, social security numbers, insurance ID numbers, location of treatment provider names, limited medical history information, and case numbers. UM physicians started sending notification letters to affected individuals on March 30th and is offering complimentary membership to credit monitoring and identity theft protection services through Cole for 12 months. UM physicians said multiple email security controls were in place at the time the email accounts were attacked, including multi-factor authentication. Employees had also been provided with security awareness training and phishing simulation exercises are regularly conducted. Refresher training has now been provided to employees and UM physicians looking is looking into measures that can be implemented to further improve email security. The OCR breach portal indicates 683 patients were affected by the breach. So it's interesting. they had multi-factor authentication. Somehow the attackers were able to bypass that. So not sure how that was possible. Um, It'll be interesting to see if anything comes of that. That is going to do it for this episode of the product of IT Cybersecurity Daily. So until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.